Welcome to the podcast about two good friends sharing stories to surprise and delight each other. I'm Courtney Farrell. And I'm Mason New. And this is I Got One For You. Hi, everybody. It's I Got One For You podcast of two friends. This is Mason New. And I'm Courtney Farrell. And we get together every Sunday and we just have a conversation uh, where we think, we laugh, we just get excited about the world we're all creating together. And that's why we're here and we're glad that we can do this together and just share a little joy, surprise, and delight. So Mason, I got one for you. I, um, I was listening and I was in a room the other day in a meeting and someone's cell phone went off, as it always does whenever there's an important quiet moment, a cell sure. phone goes off. It's just you can expect it now. Yep. And I was wondering why cell phones don't have a ring that sounds like this. <coughs> so we're in a, you're in a meeting, you can say, excuse me, i got to go get a little bit of water, and then just walk out. It just seems like that should be— That would be— a perfect invention. It's a perfect invention, and it got mm-hmm. me thinking about just in the things that we dream up. You know, just the inventions that we dream yep. up that we want to have happen. I don't even need the royalties from that idea. I just want someone in the world to make that happen, right? It, it needs to exist. It's a great idea. I, when we got married, when the most solemn part of the ceremony is when you're exchanging the vows. It's very quiet. Right. Ring, no. Ring. Yeah. Come on. And, and, and the person uh, maybe listening to this somewhere out there <laughs> did <laughs> they not. They still remember. They they didn't want to admit it. I wouldn't have. So I know you wouldn't have. Maybe it was you. <laughs> no, you weren't there. <laughs> but yeah. But anyway. So yeah. So it went on and on and on. You know, and this was a, a while ago. So, I mean, you know, the, the ringer kept going on and on it was about 10 rings and it, it was completely quiet so it's just echoing <laughs> i would have so much rather have the <coughs> oh uh, wouldn't you oh, wouldn't that have been so great. much better for all of society i don't want to hear your favorite song i don't want to hear i want to be in the elevator and hear your favorite song come out of your pocket right i just don't i want to know what your favorite song is i just don't want to hear it in that context mm-hmm. or in the middle of my wedding vows i guess <laughs> but i do have to say when your phone rings in a big auditorium it, sometimes it is the best move to look at the person next to you and act <laughs> like it's them. <laughs> and that might make me a terrible human, but they're... Have you done that? Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I mean, I, I will do that if mm-hmm. it comes down to it. So there's this, listen, there's this ancient art of creating for the pure sake of creating. It's called Shindogu. Shindogu? Shindogu. I'm sure I'm mispronouncing that. But I'm not going to ask you to spell it. You know that. That's don't <laughs> don't ask me to spell it. Don't ask me if it's the right pronunciation, but I'll tell you it is the right definition, which is people get together and just create for the pure sake of creating. So here are some of the ridiculous things that have been created. One is chopsticks that have a fan on them so that when you pick up your noodles – they're cooled while bringing them to your mouth and anyone i can't i have not mastered the art of chopsticks yet but uh-huh. blowing on the noodle before it gets in my mouth means it will never get in my mouth right right, <laughs> right. right? because you're the, shooting it right it's out. a it's a time yeah. thing yeah, right it's right. got but the but the fan great invention right the fan mm-hmm. cools it off for those people who use chopsticks often so the other one i love which is a shirt 
that has A, B, C, D, E, F, G written across the very top of the shirt. Mm-hmm. And then one, two, three, four, five, six, all the way down the side of the shirt okay. with a graph on the back. Right. So that I can say to my husband, honey, can you scratch my back at A17? Ah. Right? No more like up, down, no left, right. I can get you, I can coordinate the ah. exact point, which I think is genius. That is genius. I have heard, what's the word again? Shindogu. Shindogu. I, I have heard of this. Um, a guy I, I met a few years ago, he was teaching a more or less sort of like creative design thinking for middle school students at right. a school here in town. And he goes through that exercise with his students to get the creative juices flowing. Right. And I mean, it's like the things are just completely absurd, but the point of it is is to get your brain thinking That's right. about these absurd things. Right? I, I did it. Yeah. I, I talked to a class at Episcopal High School a year or two ago, uh-huh. and one of the kids in the class, we were just dreaming up ideas, and he said, we should really have GPS holograms so that Ooh. when you're driving, instead of having to look at your phone to know that you should take a left, out in front of your car, there would oh. be a hologram arrow oh, saying, sure. that way, since I am supposed to be looking I'll right. When I drive, right? That's a great idea. It's a great idea. That's a great idea. I'm uh, that kid's probably inventing it right now. I hope so. <laughs> I hope so too. I hope so. Well, I, I, that, that brings up one then, and it's related to the phone. But I think what would be a really cool invention is smell emojis. <laughs> so <laughs> we're we're now. <laughs> Please explain. Yeah. So. You know, we, we're now communicating in emojis, and, you know, usually it's like the laughter one. I think I saw some stat that that is the number one emoji transmitted. With the smiley face the, laughing? The, the, the smiley laughing. Oh, the face. laughing. Yes, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So <clears throat> so I was thinking about this, and I'm like, well, but wouldn't it be cool if you could have, instead of just the laughing, like the caricature of someone laughing, that you could send smell emojis? You could. <laughs> so... So, so I, I, so for example, we have these peonies flowers that are in our yard, planted years ago. They come back every year. They are gorgeous. They are the most beautiful flowers. Do you know the story on how they're? I don't. Okay, so they when they start to bud, they have this um, a sap on the on the bud, and the ants crawl up. And they eat the sap, and when they eat the sap, it cracks open the bud, Come on. and then this gorgeous flower emerges, and it's it's multi layered. It they're beautiful, and they and they smell good. Yes, right. So that's why I was thinking, like, oh, well, wouldn't this be nice? So I, I have a friend who loves peonies, and I sent her a picture last year of the peonies uh, in in our yard, and she's like, oh, I love that. It's my favorite flower. It reminds me of my mother. So I thought, oh, well, how great would it be if you could send the smell of the peony across the phone? Like, I'm, I'm thinking of you. Okay, you, I, <laughs> I love this idea, and I'm wrestling in my mind yeah. because I, I think know where of my, you're going. Well, I think of my, I am an optimist. Look, I, I've listened to these podcasts. My favorite words are awesome, amazing, phenomenal, <laughs> unbelievable, fantastic, so good. Like these are the words that I go to in everyday 
language. Yeah. And so clearly I come at things from a <laughs> positive sure. standpoint. All I can think of is that in the hands of my eight-year-old son. Yeah, right. <laughs> and I just feel like peonies would be the last thing he would be transmitting. So maybe it'd be a limited section of things. Yeah. Maybe you'd have to get it checked through, right? Yeah, well, you know, I, I obviously... You, Look, you the poop the, emoji's got to yeah. be the... No, <laughs> it's got to be the second most used yeah. emoji. I know yeah. this because, I mean, I have seen it come across my own phone. Uh-huh. More times, maybe even than the laughing emoji, <laughs> but I, I do like the idea of I do like the idea of transferring smell mainly because it's the strongest connection to our memories. Right. I mean, if you if I smell batter bread cooking, mm-hmm. I can see and feel right. the feeling of my grandmother. It's just mm-hmm. write it down. It's done. It's locked in. The smell of cut grass is every possible memory I have of running in the fall with the boys at St. Christopher's. Mm-hmm. Just Mm-hmm. It brings back all of it at one time, and I think smell is one of the only things that can really do that for you. And it's, they say it's a really, really powerful uh, memory like uh, function, yeah, right? Uh, yeah, I, uh, there is some science behind. I don't know it, but it's some science behind the association with memories and smells, and it, I think it's an evolutionary type of thing, so that you would remember what a bad smell was of, you know, like a rotting animal so that you didn't eat it and get sick or whatever. And there's some right. evolutionary But not reason. skunk, because who could say that's bad? Exactly. Thank that's you. what I was just about to say. <laughs> if you recall from one of our earlier conversations, you asked me what my favorite smell was, and I said gasoline and skunks. And so I thought the the smell emoji would be particularly good. Like you could you'd be like, hey, get fired up for the podcast Send a little skunk, <laughs> little skunk emoji smell, smell emoji over my Just way. Just to make sure no one came. Okay, but so listen, I would, you know. That's that. right, you would, you and a couple other guys. <laughs> so I've always thought about whenever I get into a car, I that's when I that's when I start to really reinvent things mm-hmm. because I think there's such opportunity. I mean, we can start with the naming of cars. I don't understand why cars are named these bizarre names. I I want a car called the Traveler. And instead mm-hmm. of a glove box, I don't know who wears driving gloves anymore. <laughs> I have not worn driving gloves ever. Ever. Right? Yeah. So let's not have a glove box. Let's just make that a toaster oven. It's so simple. Sure. It looks like a toaster oven. It it would suit my lifestyle for feeding children on the way to school. <laughs> right? And then that center console. That's a great idea. Thank you. And the center console, the one in the middle between the, right. the passenger seat and right. yours, that's just a place to catch things you never want to see again <laughs> but i mean i can guarantee it's, it's worse than a, a, a woman's pocketbook that center console thing so take that out and just put in a, a cold box an ice box mm. and so now i've got myself a place where i can keep things cold keep the cold things cold i've got <laughs> to get the hot, hot things, things hot, hot. <laughs> right and then the only other thing i need my car to do is i need there to be a way to comfortably sleep in my car because if you're traveling and you don't mm. really want to spend 150 bucks on a roadside motel. You just want to pull over and sleep. It's this is not complicated. I just want to be comfortable. And you cannot sleep in the front two. I've tried. It's an it's you can when you're driving. Sleeping while you're driving is actually really easy to do, I've found. <laughs> but sleeping when your car's actually stopped, if you want to be comfortable, it's couldn't there be a way that you could just make the back fold out into a comfortable bed? 
That shouldn't be so hard. No, but I'm I, I'm still stuck on the idea sleeping while driving is easier than sleeping. I, I, driving is the most l- lulling, wonderful, <laughs> sleep-inducing thing for me. It's not good. I've won, I got a CB one time. When I was in college, I actually purchased a, a CB, CB radio, radio with oh, a I, I big it. antenna. Yeah. My handle was Goldilocks. <laughs> <laughs> and I talked to the truckers. You know, yeah. she talks to the truckers with her lights. <laughs> Maybe just a little bit more on a Saturday night. I talked to the truckers, one, to find out where the policemen were. Sure. Because I yeah, tend to go a little faster yeah, than right. I should. And then, two, because it kept me awake. It wasn't even just talking, listening to them. So those are the three things I'd like the car companies. If there are any people listening who happen to work for <laughs> car companies— I need a toaster, I need an ice box, <laughs> and I need a couple of beds. <laughs> so what you're really asking for is like a nice apartment. On wheels. That <laughs> is that isn't an RV. Right. That's funny you say that about about the the car cuz I I am pretty capable of keeping things orderly in certain places. So like an attic, for example, generally I can I can keep it very organized, and when I pack a car to go on a trip, I get it very organized. I cannot keep my own car that I ride around in organized. Mason, uh, we have uh, the cure for Ebola growing in one of those little cup holders <laughs> in the back third seat of our of our truck. No question. Yeah. So I need an auto. It sounds like you do too. An automatic car cleaner. It just like, just make the trash yeah. go away. I mean, I know that sounds so stupid, it's but... A, it's called your children. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're the ones throwing no, This it. is true. They're Although, are... actually, I do it myself. I, I, this friend of mine, he looks in my truck one day, and he says, dude, this looks like your your office. Like, you got everything in here. Stamps and old coffee cups and paper and receipts and... Right, but you're, but, you're, but you're ready for anything. This is I, I like no. having the car that has everything in it. Yeah. You're ready. Someone says, hey, we've got this party to go to. Don't worry. Got a little black dress in the car. <laughs> you want a rollerblade? I bet you I got at least one. You know, it's it's in there. Everything you need is in there, and it moves around with you. I love this. You want to return something? I got receipts it's from, there. you know, 1983. That's right. <laughs> I do think that I do think one, a couple more things with the car just for the fun of it is I do think there should be uh, a function of the steering wheel that makes your car a mood car. A so, mood. A car? mood car. Okay. So imagine you're you're holding the steering wheel. It can get your your heart rate. It can get your you know pulse. Are those two different things? Probably not. No. And uh, <laughs> and it, basically, if you're angry or flustered, it's going to turn the outside of your car red. And we could just have a oh. law that red cars have to be in the slow lane. You get this time out, right? But if you're feeling oh. good, and happy, and calm, you're blue. Go. You're in the. You can go any lane you want. You know, you can really communicate a lot. I love that to idea. people. Yeah, yeah, I do too. Because there are people I know whose cars cars will all always be red, <laughs> <laughs> and they could just be removed from the equation. <laughs> and then the redder they get, the the, the slower their car goes that's right, or something. Right. This is in the realm of possibility now with our smart oh, cars. For sure. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Well, I got one for you. I was thinking about this in a different way. And so, you know me, I'm going to try to ask a question around something. So, 
the invention that I would love to see in a way, and it's not it, people have written about this for a long time, is a time machine, right? Okay, I think, me too. I, yeah, I, I think I've always thought time machines, the idea of a time machine is really neat. So, um, to introduce this question, I'm going to tell a quick story. So, I was down at one of my favorite used bookstores, and I see this book. And do you know who Roger Daltrey is? I do not. Okay, he he was the lead singer of the Who. I do. I do know, know? who he okay. is. I'm so sorry, <laughs> well, Wordy. Was... Hang on, I just need to make. I'm so sorry, Wordy, for not admitting that I knew who that was, <laughs> for forgetting for one hot moment. Go ahead. Well, it's totally out of context, but that's okay. Anyway, so I I'm down at this bookstore pre-COVID. And I'm browsing, and I, I'm not a big fan of The Who. I like some of their songs. I don't know very much about them. Uh, I think my brother read a, a book about them and used to tell me about them, but anyway. So I, I see this title, and the title is Thanks a Lot, Mr. Kibblewhite. And it's got a picture of Roger Daltrey on the front. I'm like, now that is a hell of a title. What is that all about? So I flip over the back, and on the back cover, I'm paraphrasing, but basically it's it's a quotation from Roger Daltrey saying that Mr. Kibblewhite, who was the principal of his school, Mm. said, Daltrey, we can't control you. You're always getting in trouble. And, and and this is the moment when Daltrey is getting expelled from school. And he says, you'll never amount to anything, Daltrey. Wow. He was and wrong. So, <laughs> yeah, he was wrong. And so the title of the book, Thanks a Lot, Mr. Kibblewhite. And it's a picture, the one picture of Daltrey in some scene, and then the other is at this concert where he's, you know, on top of the world kind of thing. So it got me thinking about time machines. And so here's my question for you. Okay. Let's say we have the time machine and it, it works. And it will do any it will go to any year that you want or any time, whatever. But you have to make a choice. You can either go in the past or you can go in the future. But you can't do both. Which one would you do? It's a great question. And instantly I go the past because I'm so curious about what the real stories are mm-hmm. and how how so many things you know so many events you've heard about that I, you could get to go experience and I know and I should be curious about the future I, I, I should be more maybe curious about the future but I feel like that's going to unfold I don't want to know about it I used to pretend that you would get 20 seconds of your future so just imagine for a second again this is in my this is in my mind I would pretend that what if you could just see 20 seconds of a random time in your future Mm, interesting yeah so it could be it could be 20 seconds that you were at a party it could be 20 seconds that you were sitting with a child it could be 20 seconds that you were with your grandchild it could be 20 seconds where you're waiting at a bus stop talking to a stranger and then what that would then do to your curiosity. Was that an important person in my life? Or was that mm. just someone? And sometimes when I'm 
sitting in my life, I think, what if this was the 20 seconds that I got shown? Are you following oh, me here? Yeah. And then sure. what would I think about my life if I saw this 20 seconds? And then how, so you're saying how would that 20 seconds influence the life that you're currently yes. living? Right? Uh, it's like, oh, well, that must be, you know, those children must have been my grandchildren. It's, I've done this for a long time. So it could be like, oh, that, that I would maybe then have assumed that that would have been my husband. But really, you know, it's just fun oh. to like think. Anyway, I like thinking about things like that. Mm -hmm. But it, every time when I think about it, it messes up your current self. Right. So if we learned anything from Back to the Future number two, right. don't <laughs> go into the future. <laughs> but going back, I mean, you know, you you reminded me of this this experience that I had. I have to tell you, um, it was crazy. So you know what I do for a living. I'm a thinking partner right. to, to leaders of big companies. And sometimes I can find myself in a room with 20 or so leaders sitting in a big, you know, circle so everyone can kind of see each other. And um, some of the leaders will, the leaders, each of these guys and women will bring an item or an artifact that means something to them that represents something important to them and so you tell them to bring yeah, this I tell in them it. to yep, bring this and it. then and yep. then they share it with the team this is usually early on when a team's forming and this one day with this group of leaders they're all in technology and um they're all working on things like machine learning and mm -hmm. really technical stuff and this one very quiet man i believe he was from india he he stood up and he shared his artifact which was a which was a a um a spaceship it looked like something out of star trek it was plastic it was a toy mm -hmm. and he said um i have i have three of these i have one in my office one in my car and i have one at home and i keep them because i never want to not think about the possibility of time travel Ooh. And he said, it was crazy. We're sitting in this room, and you hear this grown, very smart man's talking about this. And he says, um, you know, I believe it can happen. I, I really believe mm. that it can happen. And I think if you think about the speed of light, that if we could travel faster, faster. than the speed of light, right. then you would <clears throat> be able to <clears throat> basically see something that had already occurred occurred mm -hmm. I mean, it would be in a it would be in a snapshot but you'd be able to view it it right. wouldn't be the way we think you wouldn't go down and interact with it right but you'd be able to see it visually right because you're traveling faster than it you're catching up to the light that's already been emitted that's so right you're going fast yeah right so he goes to this whole thing to the point where you're even thinking like, wow a this sounds like it might be a possibility but b I, you know wow this guy really really thinks about this mm-hmm and at the end of all of it, he looks at everybody and he says, my mother died when I was three, and I just want to see her one more time. Oh, wow. This is the most incredible, this is the most incredible story. This grown man carrying this plastic spaceship with him at the office, in his car, and at home. He has children of his own, He's, but he, he, he will not stop thinking about space travel because he just wants to see his mom again. I, anyway, that's what I think about when you said the time machine. Huh. And, and 
what a story because without that context of bringing in the artifact and explaining the time travel i mean there's no way logically to associate a plastic toy to this man's memory of his mother and even his conversation about time travel i mean halfway through i was thinking come on man you know Mm -hmm. you're a little old to be believing in leprechauns (laughs) you know and then when he yeah. When he shared that part, so right. like, please don't ever yeah. stop thinking about time travel. Please figure it yeah. out right right now. What, right. Can we all stop our jobs and let's figure this speed of light thing out? So, so you answered the question. You would go back in history. You go back to the past because you're curious about what actually happened. That's the way you answer. And that makes sense. Um, but I, but, and then we talked about the future, sort of getting the little snippet. That's right. And how that could influence you. But does the future seem scary and more influential on your present? Or is it, is it the past? Yeah, I, I think that's a really fair, I think that's very fair. The future seems. I mean, first of all, I it want seems you to know, scary. I'll just say it does. But yeah. at the same time, I, I am so excited. I am. A, I'm very optimistic I know. about the future. Right. I just, you know, I don't know of any time and age that didn't predict the end of time. You know, right. about what's a. It's like the end is coming. I. Do, I think the beginning is coming. The beginning mm-hmm. is coming. Mm-hmm. It's coming, mm-hmm. and it's going to have a lot of really amazing. Right. It's going to be awesome, guys, you know, (laughs) (laughs) but I, but you know, it's going to, it's going to have like all things, it's going to have some pain and, you know, sure. All the rest of it. I just, um, I think the past would be easier. It's more fascinating. I know more about it. Right. You know, I, I feel like sometimes I live in the future now when I try and do things on my computer, (laughs) I feel like it's already sort of slipping in front of me a little bit faster (laughs) than I can keep up with. So I feel like at the very least, I would have at least read the newspaper of the past and have a clue of what's going on. Right. I could just be a day ahead. I don't mind a day. A day ahead would be good. I'll go a day ahead. <laughs> you know, just have a little clue of what's happening. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how I would answer it. I I thought, I, I mean, that's why I asked you the question. I yeah. wanted to. You I want answers? And Mason, tell me, what would you do? No, I, well, I don't know. I mean, I thought, I thought for sure, like my first answer was, the past i think if you if you are optimistic about the future the way you've described like it wouldn't be so scary to look in the future i I think it's easy to go to the future being scary that's because we don't know what it is we think we know what happened in the past but of course things get all turned around and what really happened um i guess I, I guess for me, I would go back in the past, but what I would like to do is there is a mystery in our family about where we originated. And so when my first child was born, I got really interested in genealogy, really interested in it. And, you know, my father is deceased. He had no siblings. There is no records 
there are no family records or anything of his family. I know my grandfather existed. I know a little bit about my great-grandfather, and then past that, I don't have any idea, or at least the, the, when I started this genealogy project. Anyway, I, I won't go into all of it, but there is an ancestor from the 1840s named Robert New, and that is my direct dis ancestor, but I don't know anything about where he came from or what his family was before that because he was illiterate. Mm. I found his marriage, a copy of his marriage certificate from 1870 or something down in a courthouse and he signed it with an X. Come on. Yeah. Wow. So I would like to go back in time to try to understand this mystery of where I come from because I don't know anything about there's no record that's anyway. interesting I don't, I'm feeling like you're saying all these things it's the general thought inside of me is I'm just it's so glad I was born when I was born true and I'm happy to play out the time that I had here and yep. I, I love the intellectual thought about going forward and back but it, it does make you kind of just realize it, you get now yeah, this is what that's you true. get. You get now. Yeah. You get now. This is where it is. You get now, and you gotta you gotta do whatever, however sure. long the stretch of now is. Fair point. But I mean, I it would be one of the things if I could, you know, buy a cool machine. Sure, I think I'd have mm -hmm. one. Mm -hmm. A time machine that is. Right. It's pretty good. I I was thinking about just things that exist that I think could be a little bit better. And things that we, a lot of us have that we look at at a daily basis that we just accept sort of for what it is. And one of those things is uh, diplomas. Just for a second, because I sure. noticed that a lot of people, when they graduate from an institution of higher learning um, or lower learning, as the case may be for some of us, <laughs> is lower they get they get, you know, they take this piece of paper that they received that represents you know, I guess proof that you did complete a, a level of, you know, learning. And it's framed, it's put on the wall. Right. And I started thinking about it one day. I don't remember where my diploma was, but I thought, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take my diploma, which is from the University of Virginia, and I'm going to hang it over my washing machine <laughs> because I'm there a lot, and I get bitter about it sometimes. <laughs> so I'll just I'll put it there. That way I can just remind myself, like, I did, you know, I went to school for this. So, as I was looking at it, one, hang on, I'm leaning over to get it. Forgive me for one second. I have my diploma right here with me. I was looking at it, and it says perfectly framed, perfectly bit framed, large diploma, gold frame, looks beautiful. Universe, the University of Virginia on the top, and then there's some other things. There's some writing on here. So, basically, it. I was reading it one day, and it says. The University of Virginia, in very, very nice little font, it says, The general faculty of the University of Virginia has conferred the degree of Bachelor of Arts upon Courtney Winston Page. Now, it disappointed me just a little <laughs> that they didn't have any emotion about it. Uh-huh. 
you know what I mean? I mean, like, are you excited that you're conferring this degree upon me? Are you happy about it? Is it an obligatory thing? I thought they could say it is with great pleasure and anticipation that the general faculty of the University of Virginia have conferred a degree of Bachelor of Arts on this person. Mm-hmm. So I took some tape, some clear tape, and I put it there, and I wrote those words there because I wanted to see those <laughs> words. I wanted to feel like the general faculty was actually pleased about having <laughs> handed me this piece of paper. And then I thought, yes, I did get a Bachelor of Arts. That's very fair. I also felt like I earned something in the Department of Athletics and mm-hmm. potentially in the science of self-confidence may have developed along <laughs> those four years. So I added those. I feel like that was sort of left out. Bachelor of Arts was very broad. Um, and then I, I added some other things. I thought this would be a place where instead of just saying that we that they've caused this diploma to happen, that they could actually have an expectation of me. You know, that have an expectation that I would continue to learn and that I would come back and give back to this place of higher learning. And so I've, I've written all this on here. It's way too long to actually read. Um, plus, I don't have my glasses on right now. Or I would. <laughs> but it basically, I, I, I sort of talk about the fact that here are the things that I did learn. And then I acknowledge that there were many things that I did not learn that mm. maybe I should have. Yes. I was there. And I thought the general faculty could acknowledge, like, we love... <laughs> The work you did in, uh, you know, in in leadership, but we thought you could have applied yourself a little harder in the mathematics area. Maybe taken a science, you know. Maybe I don't know. Gone to all of your classes, you know. They, I think that would be a fair thing for them to put on a piece of paper that's going to hang forever in my house. Right. The general faculty. Maybe that's why they're a little unemotional. It's like the general faculty would have had conferred this with great pleasure and How, anticipation however, had you gone to class. <laughs> yes, but Dr. Ayers said that there were two classes that he noticed. Yeah. Anyway, so I think, that, honestly, I think that uh, diplomas, diplomas could be reinvented. We have computers now. This isn't hard. Right. Through the course of four years, your advisor, for instance, could work with you to make it so that your diploma was customized, so that it really represented what you had learned, and it also just, if you're gonna hang this thing on your wall for forever, mm-hmm. as some indication that you did something, then maybe there could just be a little like, you know, expectation of you. Like you're gonna, mm. you're a graduate of this institution. Graduates of this institution, we expect to, to carry on, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just a little bit of that. So that takes us back to just, what we were just talking about. Think about it. A diploma, it's a, it's it signifies the past because it's a it's a it's a document that says you ran through a curriculum, you right. went through this course, and you completed the requirements. So it's a testament to what you did in the past. You went to school for four years, and you did a did all these That's things. That's right. But it's really also a statement about the future, or at least the way you're describing it. But that's right. It. But that's right. But it, I think it's a fair thing. If I've just, you always notice, look, when people, when you go to someone's funeral, they say, you know, Mason was a graduate of, uh, you know, Washington and Lee University, um, 
and he you, they talk about this say they talk about where you went to college mm -hmm. these four years that happened at a very early stage of your life if you're lucky right right, right. but it it sticks with you right all the way through so if it's going to stick with you shouldn't there be some sort of like future expectation of you i mean they there certainly is an expectation from the mail that I receive that I will continue to support. <laughs> right, right, of course. So, yeah. which I think is completely fair. Anyway, sure. I think, it's, I think it would be a neat way to activate your alumni base. Like really make people feel like this school knew me. And especially the bigger the school, the more customized Ooh, sure. it should be. So that, I love this idea. So it really, it really celebrates the individual's effort in, in and learning. out of the in and out of the classroom, sure. Because you learn so much in college that has nothing to do with the courses that you take. I did, at least. Mm -hmm. That that was <laughs> that was where <laughs> a lot of my learning took place, just just outside that classroom door. <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me of this one story. This this great friend of mine. His name is Brian, and he is a funny funny guy, and. So in college, we had these English classes. He was an English major, and he's a great friend of mine. And he, um, we would have these classes that on Tuesday and Thursday were an hour and a half. And so the bell would ring at 55 minutes, so right before the hour. And then the professor, because it was an hour and a half class, would give us a five-minute break, you know, whatever. Yeah, sure. So... <clears throat> So uh, I, I'm sitting in class, and, you know, the professor, the classes were small enough. He called the roll, and my bu my buddy Brian is not there. Oh, no. <laughs> 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock class, he isn't there. He didn't make it. He didn't make it He that stayed day. up too late studying. <laughs> yeah, 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 he stayed up too late studying, sure. That's right. So anyway, so so the so calls the roll, and—, and he would look at me, clearly not seeing Brian, and would look at me, and he would say, Brian? And then he would use his last name, which we're not going to use here. Right. Um, and, and then he would keep calling the name, looking at me, knowing that I was his buddy. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, uh, sir, he's not here. <laughs> you know. Mueller? Yeah, 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 exactly. So anyway, so the professor goes on, and, and he gives his lecture for the day. And lo and behold... 53 minutes late, in walks Brian, right? <laughs> Professor does not stop, doesn't acknowledge his presence, nothing. Keeps on talking, giving the lecture. Brian sits down in the front row because that was the only seat that was available right in front of the professor. He opens up his books. He gets settled. He sits back in his chair <laughs> right at the moment when the bell rings. And so then the professor says, turns to the class and says, well, take a break, you know, for five minutes. And Brian goes, whoo, <laughs> as, as if he's been there, you know, just, just cranking away the notes. It's <laughs> oh, so good. All right, well, so I, can, I, can I tell you one more thing? One more, please. Okay, so I think that there should be some criteria that go along with graduation from whatever, high school, middle school, college, graduate school, I don't care. 
I think there should be certain classes that are just mandatory or certain requirements, I should say. Like, I, there used to be a swimming requirement. And when my right. parents were in school, you had to be able to swim before you could graduate. I had a swimming requirement in college. Did you? Yeah. yeah. But I, I'm sure it's one of the last ones. Right. It's not It's not ubiquitous. It's, so, yeah. it's, a, yeah. it's a great skill. I, yep. like, I like the fact that they say you're going to graduate from here, you can, you're going to be able to do this. Yep. I think there should be a couple of classes. Um, one is you should have a requirement of how many mistakes you have made. Mm. Right? So I'm just like, mm-hmm. look, in order to graduate, you have to make 25 mistakes. And here's the deal. You have to be able to back them up with stories. So you made this mistake. Here's the story that goes along with mm-hmm. it. Here's the lesson or the funny what part, you whatever learned. it is, yeah. you know, that comes out of it. Because, you know, if you come through and it's like, oh, you know, you you graduated, you got all straight A's, you did everything perfect. You know, good luck in life. Have fun because that's not the way life's going to sort of unroll, right? right. It's going to be a series of mistakes that you make. Sure, you, right. You're going to have to have a sense of humor about them or not, uh, but you're going to have to be able to tell stories. So basically, people from your institution graduate with 25 great stories that mm-hmm. show them as vulnerable and have a little bit of humility and somebody who's able to learn, and they can tell a story. Mm-hmm. There's so much wrapped up in that. Yeah, that, for that, sure. That's one. Two is they need to have a book of ideas. Just when you graduate, you have a book of ideas. Just I, about anything. Right. This, you can generate a ton of ideas and they're just right here and you're proud of them and you like them and they can be, you can iterate over them over the course of however many years. That's a great idea. But you, you cannot graduate unless you have that. You know, if you go to, I guess people who went to Princeton, I have heard that they have to write a, a thesis paper that's a hundred pages long. Mm-hmm. It sounds terrifying, but everyone who graduates from that school can say, yeah, I've written Wrote something. Hundred page. Hundred page. I, right. I made a hundred page argument about something. That's mm-hmm. an accomplishment. You know something about yourself. Right. And so, same thing. You graduate from this fictitious place. You got a book of ideas. I love that. And then the only other one I thought this morning that really should be a part of, I don't, I mean, nursery school. It should be in everything, and that is a class on power and money. Yep. And I don't think right now power is a conversation that parents are having with their kids. I don't think power is a conversation that we're having in schools at any level. Um, Mm -hmm. It might show up in a history class. Right. But just a class to understand that power is a part of every single relationship dynamic. Yeah. How you wield power, how you get power, how you lose power. Right, right. These are important things, and I think the only time we ever talk about power is when um, we're attributing it to something kind of negative. Like mm-hmm. someone who had mm-hmm. it and misused it. Right, right, right. We right, use right. other words for power when someone has it and doesn't misuse it. We use different words. Yeah, that's a great to point. To describe it, but we only ascribe power to someone that feels sort of, maybe not nefarious, but definitely sort of scary in some way. Well, I think we've got a great topic for another that is a future good topic. Po- podcast. That's a big one. Yeah, that's a big one. That but. Is. I would love to break that down with you. That's a really interesting idea, idea of power. So with this, I'm gonna, I'll tell you what. I'll end up on one last idea. All right, because I okay. know we kind of have to go. It's a simple one, and please, somebody out there, make this happen. Peanut butter, we use it every day in our house. Yep. You open it we up. We do, too. Yep. You get, when you get halfway through, you should be able to turn it upside down and open the other side. 
It should have a cap <laughs> on both sides. Well, thanks, Courtney. This is this has been this has been really fun as usual. Thank you, Mason. Have a great Sunday. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe. And share with any of your friends you think might enjoy being a part of this conversation. We'd also love to hear your thoughts and stories. So visit us at www.igotoneforya.com or email us directly at igotoneforya.podcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.